Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenants? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett. Yay! <laughs> and Dave Clay. I need to give a get a um, what do you call that? Like the and back when they had the audiences that clap like a soundtrack or you whatever need, it yeah, is. Laughter track or yeah, something. Yeah, we have a little track Yay! of that. So that yeah, so I can pet myself up. <laughs> Carolyn, I would put you in the category of a pretty smart person. Well, thank you. But now we have to define <laughs> smart, right? Would you put somebody that a category like that, mm -hmm. and then particularly that category being smart, it would be helpful to know what they mean, right? When they this say smart. This is true. It's not necessarily a clinical word. We don't use it a lot in, in uh, the practice, so to speak. Uh, the pastoral care even. Uh, I'm not sure it's King James. I'm sure that they probably had some words similar mm -hmm. to that, Old English, but mm -hmm. I don't know that necessarily in the Bible. But here's what I mean by that. Okay. I think you use what God gave you pretty well. Some people say smart and then applying that would be wisdom. Well, that would be it too, right? Mm -hmm. It would be intelligence what God gave you in physical apparatus, psychological function, mm -hmm. which is probably intelligence. And you know, again, what does intelligence mean? There's a lot of biochemistry and right. certain body parts that go into intelligence. Mm -hmm. But we have operational systems, the way we process. You do that very, very well. You take in data empirically. You take in data. You make good decisions. Mm -hmm. But intelligence isn't always, as you pointed out, Right. <laughs> inclusive of smart would not only be inclusive of intelligence, but it would include wisdom. And people mm -hmm. can be intelligent and not be very wise. Yes. <laughs> That's where I was going with that. <laughs> yes. And I come from some actually verifiable, validated, quote, smart people. <laughs> My dad was quite smart. Um, I'm saying this based on like his life and, and him and my sister both have been like a genius IQ. They, they're both very smart. So I've always been fascinated by learning and becoming smarter, but I have learned that becoming smarter doesn't always mean I am wiser. So you can know a lot, but that doesn't always equal good. Absolutely. And, and really, I guess, this probably cannot be in a biblical sort of term. And even so, as I'm thinking it, it lessens the significance of what is the greater that is biblical, who is Jesus, the mind of God, the mind of Christ, the Holy Spirit. But I s suspect that smart would be some combination, at least as I would use the word, of both intelligence and wisdom, but definitely rooted in the Holy Spirit. Because there's a lot that needs to be done in a physical dimension to take all of it in mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you're left with all of it. It's sort of like a room full of stuff mm -hmm. and then you've got to figure out what to keep, what not to keep, mm -hmm. what to purge, to get rid of. Would you consider it discernment? Well, I think obviously in spiritual that okay. would be a biblical word, right? Okay. Yeah. And it would sort of reflect the mind of God, mind mm -hmm. of Christ. and. Mm -hmm. But it would be the combo. There's a material as well as a spiritual dimension to it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read a passage. You tell me whether or not you think this is smart. Okay. Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to read verse 1. 
at that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were an hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. And being the loving, polite person that Jesus, I think, even all the way through. I mean, there was times he had maybe a, a stronger retort or rebuke. But this is just, I mean, this is pretty kind yeah. to that kind of a, of a response from the Pharisees. Because he knew they weren't really interested in anything but giving him trouble. Right. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was in hunger? <laughs> and they that with... They that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the shoe bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you will not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Here's my question. We're going back to Here's my connection. Okay. To do you think this is smart? Do I think this is smart? Well, what they've done. That, oh. that argument seems to be lacking, at least their side of it, mm -hmm. completely any common sense. Any smart dimension, any even intelligence, much yeah. more so wisdom, much more mm -hmm. so spiritual discernment. Mm -hmm. Because they were just being incredibly legalistic. Mm -hmm. You might even call them a bit oppositional defiant. Well, they didn't even ask him a question. They just was, look, your disciples are doing what's unlawful. It's almost like, now what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and... You know, he comes back at them with questions, but they, they didn't even ask him, which is typical Pharisee um, to assume. They didn't ask him, you know, what are you doing? Why are they eating that? Did you tell them to eat it? You know, any of those traps. It's like they wanted to um, get him. They wanted to pull him in into their argument, and he wasn't going to do it. And then he uses a word against them, which is... Awesome Jesus. <laughs> well, yes, but he just stated the obvious. Mm -hmm. It wasn't only his word. He just had taken in the facts and the data. Jesus was mm -hmm. smart. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And, and I, again, that's why I said i got to be careful because even as I'm thinking it, I was thinking this is going to lessen the biblical significance. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lessen Jesus. Right. But Jesus was a man. He had human dimensions. But right. even in human dimensions, he was smart. And he was not only smart enough not to engage in that conversation, mm -hmm. to be reactive right. to their inclination to just attack him, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. that's all that was about. Mm -hmm. But don't allow common sense when it's on your side. Mm -hmm. Don't allow that to be missed or the obviousness of a, a situation mm -hmm. to go unnoticed, which I think is all Jesus did was. And you're saying this? Mm -hmm. You don't eat when you're hungry? Right. It, it, to me, it's the beautiful um, dichotomy of the mind of Christ and simple enough for a child to understand all at the same time. He's wonderfully smart, but also wonderfully simple at the same time. 
and that's that's the beauty of a lot of things. And when he dealt with well, them, a lot of times he would say these simple answers. But you're like, it's beautiful it's because it is complete, right. and it's beautiful right. because it's so with integrity, so mm-hmm. well tied together. Right. But I, I know he's saying that is they're going to cut off their nose to spite their face. Mm-hmm. They're as the old saying goes. They're yeah. not, not going to receive any of this right. because they're stubborn and they, they don't, don't like it. And yeah. so they're going to say, "No, it isn't. Right. Yes, it is. Just take a look around. See the way the world works. Mm-hmm. If you're hungry, you need to eat. Yes, God gave you the Sabbath, and you're not supposed to work. But where in that, if you don't eat, <laughs> then you don't live. Mm-hmm. Where is there some problem with that logic you're offering? Well, you just don't eat because it's a Sabbath. Right, right, right. So in case they didn't get the point, and I suppose with our podcast listeners, we're making the point pretty clearly, that's not smart. Mm-hmm. And if it is smart, it's stupid because they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. Right. So Jesus asks them another question, or at least another situation mm-hmm. as with godly, I guess, direction presents itself. Starting with verse 9, Matthew 12, verse 9. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. So mm-hmm. it wasn't only out in the fields, now he's in their house. Mm-hmm. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying... Again, didn't work the first time, so let's take a little bit of a different approach, but we're still going after the same jugular, so to speak, mm-hmm. on the Pharisee part. Mm-hmm. We're going to go right to the core of what we think is going to take him down right now, or at least elevate us. And he said unto them, uh, excuse me, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold of it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the others And I'm going to continue just a little further. Verse 14, Then the Pharisees went out and held counsel against him how they might destroy him. Mm -hmm. That was just too much. It was. Just pushed him over the edge. So that was stupid. It was not smart. It was out of poor motive. It was out of evil motive. Right. But it was not about common sense. Yeah. It was not about doing what was even expedient for the, the Pharisees. Because obviously, the idea, though, is that they were there to do the very same thing. To lead the people, help the people, guide the people. Yeah. Help to, I don't know, that they could have were saved. But it was God working through them that would have offered, yeah. certainly Old Testament context, words of salvation unto the people. Mm-hmm. But they weren't even practicing within human apparatus, as we were talking about earlier, any measure of intelligence, any measure of smart as it would include intelligence, operationally processing the data, making good decisions. This had rendered them incapable of even making a good decision. And probably it verges on not only hatred or bitterness, but also hatred. Mm-hmm. They hated him at that point, or at least there seemed some evidence of hatred that was coming out. Certainly bitterness. Don't you think, though, or maybe I should ask you, do you you think that they, the reason kind of went out the window when they they started hating him? And do you think that their fear 
that the fear of him taking over or taking their place sort of, I don't want to say caused, but do you think that's when the reason kind of went out the window and they were no longer smart when they became afraid and then they and then we had to kill him? No, I think so, you're absolutely right because I think... I, I feel like people don't reason when you're in that mode to where you're yes. like, I have to, like, fight yes. or flight. Yes, There's no... Yes. The logic is not working right now. Like that's you're it. In, like survival mode, which... In no way, shape, or form am I taking up well, for what they did, but, I mean, they're not thinking clearly, and it's all based on something else. Because they were going to lose control. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. They were about to lose control. Yeah. And, and the problem... And it made them afraid. The problem was not only losing control, but they had no answer, mm -hmm. which was obvious because they, they were... They didn't see him. They were, they were under the rule of the Romans at yeah. that particular mm -hmm. time. They didn't even own their own country. But they didn't and, see him as the answer either. Well, and that's the point too, because there is the highest order, which really means there is nothing in a material dimension that can control you except you. <laughs> and then if there would be any influence, mm -hmm. and that would be the negative, mm -hmm. as with the Pharisees and Sadducees, and your resistance to changing. Your, your insistence on engaging in some sort of power struggle mm -hmm. to sort of control the situation, circumstance out of fear. And you're right. It's the, the sympathetic nervous system operation. It's the norepinephrine and adrenaline, and it messes with your ability to think critically. Mm -hmm. It messes with your ability to think rationally, which would be critical in a good sense, not critical in a bad, discernment yeah. Yeah. of right and wrong. And that's not really even where they were at. They were in a much more destructive place not like say you or I in a in a place where we you know have to make a decision and you know out of you know fight or flight and we may not think rationally. They were thinking irrationally, you know, from a whole different perspective as as they were wanting to kill him. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like we don't like him, we disagree with him, you know, don't take our place. I mean this was this is going to a whole nother level to where they, you know, they're plotting you know, how can well, we catch him? Because we want him to die. And, and some might, <laughs> I've heard it argued, and I probably would agree with it. It's coming to my thoughts now, to my mind now. So there's a part of me that probably accepts this. They weren't only pushing back against Jesus and that immediate sort of sense of control and authority mm -hmm. that they held. Uh, they were doing that culturally against the Bible, which maybe or maybe is not noble, but as Jesus was pointing out, you can hang on to the laws and still end up doing the wrong thing mm -hmm. or having the wrong, because situation circumstances don't always fit so neatly, and sometimes mm -hmm. you have to just count on grace and mercy because really creativity is that. I, I said that to somebody the other day. God is not about fixing our past. God is about restoring us in the present so that we, he can create something different. Right. You're never going to go back and replicate your past. If you're living right. in your past with any thoughts in your mind that somehow you're going to get a second shot at that entirely so that you can fix it so that you won't be wrong, you're in trouble. It's mm -hmm. not going to happen. Right. God fixes mm -hmm. things, but he fixes mm -hmm. things by new things. Mm -hmm. He fixes things by restoring us so that we're prepared. He mm -hmm. fixes things so that we don't, in our fear, retreat into legalism. Mm -hmm. In our fears, we are brain like the Pharisees do. Brain cells shut down, so that we don't register the creative. We mm -hmm. don't think of it in those terms. Again, human operations. I'm not saying that we come up with 
anything so much. I think mm-hmm. there's a bit of that, though. I think we participate in the creative process. Right. But it's God-inspired. Mm-hmm. It's God-ordained. It's God-directed. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what was missing here is they got stuck. They were stuck. They were in bondage to the Romans, but they were in greater bondage not only to their past and the, the at obviousness of the fact that even with all the Old Testament word, it didn't save them in the least bit. They had no answer. And here was somebody coming along and was saying, there's an answer. And, and maybe there's a higher order of thought. Maybe there's a higher smart that you could get to, level that we call smart you could get to. But I think they were scared because the Romans were probably going to like this either. And they were not only settled in, you've said this before, they not only fell in the pit, but they decided to live in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're going to do housekeeping there. Mm-hmm. They're not going to clean it out. They're not going to sort it out. And before you know it, they're going to get used to all the messed up way of looking at this. And nobody's going to be critical anymore. Right. Nobody's going to say, wait a minute, why are we doing it this right. way again? Right. Tell mm-hmm. me again. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or if they did, then they're like Daniel and they just they, <laughs> they just go on and do what they know to do is right and don't really get involved in their stuff. You know, we see Daniel just kind of living out God's ways and he didn't really make a big deal out of it. You know, he just was not going to follow them. So I'm going to do my own thing. So, you know, we can, we can follow like that, but I think that this world, it's easy to get pulled into their stuff. And, you know, Jesus went there with him, but he wasn't going to allow them to manipulate him. I think that's the difference. You know, we sometimes get too involved in their stuff and that's what makes it difficult. Well, it's so easy because it's, it is the default if you are so afraid that you can't think straight. It is the default in a human sense too because I think first and primary were emotional creatures and there's something adaptive about that. I mean, God doesn't want us to be killed, every, you know, at least at risk of being killed every day. I mean, there's some a benefit in a material right. sense of survival. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we would not have had, had God put that in us. God would not have put that in us. Right. Fight or flight. Mm-hmm. But you can't let that rule. And if you let right. that rule, you'll never get to, said so that was sympathetic nervous system operation, you'll never get to the parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. Where it's a bunch of different biochemistry involved, serotonin, dopamine, etc., etc. The point being, though, that's where you rest. That's where you think clearly. That's when you can make some sense of things. That's when you realize, wait a minute, all this fight or flight stuff is limiting my capacity to really be creative. Come up with the best answer. And sometimes in it, I'm willing to settle for the worst answer simply because I can't think clearly enough and then all I am is reactive at that point. And the, the, the more you go into that pit, the more, uh, the hole, so to speak, rabbit hole, pit, whatever, yeah. it, it gets more reactive. I was just thinking, that's when you reach for the donut. Yes. That's <laughs> when you reach for the donut. Because, you know, I don't, I'm not a fan of donuts. They're too rich for me, but I, I mean, that's the, the thing, you know, reach for me would be a cookie. You know, that's when we're like, okay, all with, all reason goes out the window. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to feel better now. Well, I think that's why Jesus was talking that this all starts with Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole bunch. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of work on the podcast, so to speak, out of the Old Testament, right? 
But the Old Testament is pretty smart. I mean, pretty simple. And the, the smart part of it is, is that it repeats the same stuff over and over again. Mm-hmm. So you might hear in an Old Testament chapter or book the same message over and over again. When you get the New Testament and you're reading this, there's, it's dense. There's a lot of truth. Mm-hmm. And there's layers and multiple layers mm-hmm. of truth. And, you know, we're going to, I don't know if we'll do it today. I don't want to get it it's to two. New. It's I don't want to get a two or three part series things yeah. again like we did with the Son <laughs> of Perdition. But I do want to say this. We'll go maybe a bit into Matthew 13. Mm-hmm. But he starts to speak of parables and why he speaks in parables. He speaks in parables, speaks of parables, tells the disciples, explains why he speaks in parables. And then he brings it home with, you're not going to get into the kingdom except you understand it's more than literal It's more than reactive. It's more than fight or flight. You've got to turn that off in some way so you can get into this highest order, even in human dimensions. Remember we said that earlier. I'm not saying our intellect saves us. I'm not saying you're smart if it's absent divine wisdom or discernment. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, you said that, is going to save us. But I am saying if you're going to be saved by the Holy Spirit, you've got to cooperate And you've got to figure out in human operations, which takes us back to the Old Testament. That's why I'll never lose that. I'll never move off of that. That foundation, lose that or compromise that. Because we've got to take a Sabbath rest. Mm -hmm. We've got to at least one day a week consolidate what's happened the previous six days. Mm And be prepared for, in creative dimension, not only a present sort of context of rest, but so that we're rested so we can take on the future. Because the future is not going to be the same as the past. If you want that to be the case, just simply because it feels better. Well, I just don't want to have to fool with anything new today. I, I don't want all this stuff going on around me at once. You know, this is way too much. I'm like walking on water here. And I don't know. I mean, there's got this going on over here. I got that going on over here. And then when I think I've got it all covered and I'm still feeling a little bit uncertain about it, then the big thing blows up. <laughs> and when the big thing blows up, all of a sudden I feel like I'm drowning. But you're only drowning to the extent that you feel like you're drowning. Right. But that's the snare and the trap. Mm-hmm. If you don't take a Sabbath at least one day a week. And mm-hmm. Hebrews 4 tells us it's, we don't enter into his rest constantly. It's mm-hmm. a continual mm-hmm. entering in his rest as far as Sabbath. But Jesus was still just trying to speak to them about just the basics. Mm-hmm. You don't understand. But it's not just walking through the grain field on the Sabbath or healing right. a man on the Sabbath. It's, he's trying to tell them in a parable sort of way, you're allowing your emotional thinking to predominate. You're allowing your reactive Mm -hmm. to rule. You're allowing all of your defensiveness. Mm -hmm. That's what they were embittered about. You're wanting it to be the way it was. But the way it was isn't the better. The better is always in the present you're in. Mm -hmm. But it's even more so the hope of the future to come. Yeah. Because that's when Jesus comes again. He doesn't come so much so always in our past. Although I do believe him coming heals our past in that sense of, oh, now I know why. Because I keep moving on. But they weren't prepared for any of that. But I think Jesus is trying to tell them, not only in heavenly dimensions, not only in kingdom of God dimensions, 
the kingdom of heaven dimensions, but he's trying to tell them kingdom of God stuff is in you. Mm-hmm. You've got to take possession of it from within you first and what I've given you as with word mm-hmm. so that you're not reactive all the time and you don't get bitter because it didn't work out quite the way you thought it was going to mm-hmm. or it seems like it's going to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, <laughs> I said recently, I felt like I was drowning. So it's funny that you said that. Um, it's always funny how God speaks things that uh, that you don't know <laughs> that I've said, um, especially recently. You know, whenever you um, whenever you uh, quote something, you know, but that reactionary that's you know that's a difficult place, David, because that's that's our first instinct. That's you know you react, you burn your hand, you pull back. You know, it's it's just. That's the first go-to, but I feel like as soon as that thing happens, I think there has to be a choice. And if it's taking that thought captive and, you know, telling God, I don't I don't know what to do with this, you're gonna have to deal with it, <laughs> even if it's just as simple as that. But I think there's therein lies the choice and how what we're gonna do with it. So so here we go. Gonna go down to twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Same chapter. Mm-hmm. Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb. Sound familiar? (laughs) He healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. So, whether they were the blind and dumb, I believe that. That's what we've been setting up. Stupid. Yeah. Not smart. Mm -hmm. I know dumb is about speaking, but it's still got some of those same implications. There was no really good word coming out of them, or if Mm -hmm. it was, it was old, stale stuff Mm -hmm. in the sense that it didn't apply to the current. They weren't applying it correctly. It applied, Mm -hmm. but they weren't interpreting it within a creative dimension, applying it correctly. That's the Mm -hmm. best way to say that. And they were blind. They were not seeing this was the salvation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't stay in the past. Don't live in your bond. Don't be bound inside yourself. There will be others that will try to bind you and put you in bondage. You don't react. Mm-hmm. God's got an answer. He's got a, he's got a way. He's already working on your behalf to fix the circumstance and situation. But if you end up being reactive, the devil will just, the trap, the snare, will mm-hmm. keep you there. Right. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? So even so, that tells us they weren't making a connection with the Old Testament and the promises of God as he made them unto David. And now what we're seeing with the Messiah, the Christ that had come, this is what you've been wanting all along. Mm -hmm. And you're so much caught up in your own head. You're so fearful. You're so reactive. You're not even going to receive it and walk in it when the answer answer comes. Mm -hmm. I'm the answer. We talked about that last podcast. Mm -hmm. He's the sign. Mm -hmm. He's the answer. But it isn't necessarily just him, although it is Jesus, the man, but it is this thing that he is bringing to them Mm -hmm. of this different paradigm, this different way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Can I go for just a little further? Yeah. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow (laughs) doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. Mm -hmm. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto unto them, 
every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if by and if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. Or else, how can you enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So all I'm trying to say is, I think, not only in parable, <laughs> literally, Jesus is saying, you guys, it's in you. You're fighting inside yourself. You're letting the devil win because you've got a war going on between these two parts of you. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that the devil is entirely in fight or flight or emotional thinking. And we said that earlier, previously, on, right. earlier in the podcast today. Right. But, but it's only useful to some extent and then maybe only useful to call your awareness to it because still you don't want to reside in that or mm-hmm. remain in that for any extended period of time because it right. turns to anger and bitterness. Right. And it makes you feel like a failure because you start to doubt. Mm-hmm. It compromises your courage, your faith, fear, obviously compromises You start faith. to feel like you're drowning. <laughs> right. When you're not. <laughs> but, but that is exactly what I think Jesus is trying to speak to them about. Mm-hmm. And when he healed that man, again, he healed him to show that he could heal them. But they weren't making the association. Why? Because they were living in the lesser order of thought mm-hmm. or thinking or processing, all emotional. Mm-hmm. They had a bit of an awareness, but even then they were already turned over to a reprobate mind. God had to tell them what to do, and then even in telling them what to do, they did it out of an evil heart and didn't even do it with the right spirit. Right. And then when, the, when it came, became so clear that it wasn't going to save them, when God sent them, his son Jesus, sent us his son Jesus to save us, I don't know. You must be the devil because this doesn't line up with any of my thoughts. But you're living in a pit. How can you mm-hmm. see anything in the pit? Mm-hmm. You're living in darkness. Every, you're hypervigilant. Everything looks evil. Everything is going to get you. You're just hunkering down on what little bit of territory you got left, claiming it for your own, but quite ready to settle for hell. Mm-hmm. You don't want heaven anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not seeking it anymore. I'll just keep what I have, and I don't want anything else. <laughs> no thank you. Not knowing that what is being offered is so much better than what we're like grasping onto so tightly. I I like that, and well, he goes on a little bit later, but um, he talks about people speaking against the Son of Man, and um, then he goes on and talks about the fruit, and I think that's, I don't want to get ahead of you, but I mean, he, he sort of almost tries to teach him, you know, he's like, look at what you're, what you're saying, you know, um, for the mouth speaks what the heart full is full of, or is that... See, you're- Go ahead. No, I, You're doing I, fantastic. I, yeah, but I, was, I get it in the King James, abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. Is that that same verse yes. in front of me? But see, you're putting it together because you're smart. 
Why are you smart? You're sort of, certainly intellectually smart. You have full operational capacity, both emotionally and cognitively, as we might say psychologically. But more so, you have the Holy Spirit who is the paraclete, who is in this moment that we're in right now. Not that you never thought this before, you didn't show you this before. But you're putting it back together again. He's reminding you. Read the Word. Read the Word I could say that over and over because it's nothing but bathing you in righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's nothing but continuing to do what we're doing right now. We all get dirtied by the world, and there's certainly a lot of people that are like the Sadducees and Pharisees that are going to argue points that are really dumb mm-hmm. and stupid right. and no common sense, like mm-hmm. a syndrome. Mm-hmm. And we'll engage. Why do we engage? It's not worth it. It is worth it. There's some measure of emotion that you know you just can't dismiss. It's a bit threatening. How can you believe that? That's I could I couldn't imagine somebody. Be- okay, you're incredulous. Get over it. Right, right. Now we need to get beyond the threat of that mm-hmm. and begin to apply the word. And then if we do that properly and we bathe in it, we read it, we allow it to then somehow. Um, where you get anointed, cleansed, anointed, then we begin to bring that anointing to the world. We begin to become that means of cleansing for the world. That's why we need it. I, I had a conversation with somebody about, you know, they didn't really read the Bible and then kind of likened it sort of to like a Pharisee, you know, sort of works um, mentality. And I quickly, you know, I understood what they were saying as far as, you know, well, I don't have to read the word every day. I mean, it was really tricky. It was almost like serpent tricky. <coughs> Excuse me. And my thought was, yeah, I don't read it. I'll get choked. I don't read it. <coughs> Excuse me. Because I'm checking off a box, which I have been there before in my life. But I need that cleansing. I need that word in my life. Because it's anointed itself and that's what checking off the box, that's what legalism will get you. That's what the Pharisees and Sadducees had resorted to. Well, I'm only doing it because you told me to do it, but I really don't believe it anymore. I don't believe all these promises of a Messiah to come. I don't believe of the redemption. I don't believe of the resurrection. I don't believe that there's a better, this is just our plight so we might as well just settle. And that's unfortunately where I think the majority of the church seems to be in in that sort of condition of being asleep right now. Mm -hmm. And I say the church because I hold that better than the heathen. But I know the heathen are there. Well, this is just the way it's a new reality. This is just the way it's going to be. So here we go. Wherefore, verse 31, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost, which is what we're talking about right now, shall not be forgiven unto men. Why? Because if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, you're not going to get any sort of benefit and you're going to be cursed. Mm -hmm. Can you make a good decision? Yes. Can you do it out of intellect sometimes alone? But rarely is it going to be as good or complete as it would be if you did that not only out of word context, knowledge of the word, but the anointing that the Holy Spirit in the word as he anointed people to deliver the word, God used the Holy Spirit. And especially with Jesus, there was such the anointing upon him that he was in that 
calling their attention to the fact that if you don't receive this, you're not going to be saved. Mm -hmm. It's preclusive. You can't. You're going to condemn yourself to the pit to hell. You're not going to overcome because you don't believe anymore. You've lost your faith. Mm -hmm. And then when something comes along, like an answer, like Jesus, the sign, what are you going to do? You're not going to receive it. And they finish this passage. Give us Barabbas. It's Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. It's in them. The kingdom of God proceeds forth, Jesus said that too, from within us. But you don't settle that. If you've got a house divided inside yourself, if you're fighting against yourself, if you're saying it's the devil casting out devils, well, the devil, as Jesus said, isn't going to do that. The only one that's going to cast out anything is God. And he's not even going to cast that out of the, the more rational, reasoned element. It takes divine, supernatural. But you've got to at least calm down. Mm-hmm. Take a Sabbath rest. Mm-hmm. Get your head at least in a place to hear what's said without being so emotionally tied up. Emotional thinking to be reactive. Mm-hmm. So that the word gets in. Now Matthew 13 <laughs> talks about seed and fertile mm-hmm. ground. You're not going to get the word in. Hopefully we'll get there either today or next podcast. But you're not going to get the word in if you are got a defense up. But that's where the Holy Spirit can work best, but also where the evil spirits love to live. Because what you've done is you've created the great gulf between you and God. You have put something, wall, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the golf uh, bosom of Abraham, Lazarus, mm-hmm. Lazarus, I think Lazarus, the bosom of Abraham. Yeah. The idea, though, is, is that we've done it. Jesus is saying, get your act cleaned up inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Let the Old Testament do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Let John the Baptist's confession of, I got a problem in my paradigm, mm-hmm. hear ye the word of the Lord, repent. At least allow that baptism to take place, cleansing take place, so that you might then be in a position mm-hmm. to receive. But if you can't admit you're wrong, or if you're called out on being wrong, all you're going to do is tell the other person who's calling you out, no matter how common sense it makes, no matter how word-inspired it is, no matter how much it proceeds out of the very throne of God, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. If you're going to put up walls or gulfs, they can't help you. Well, and there, that's when we look up and we see there's more than one thing on the pedestal. And I use that pedestal um, illustration a lot. And I actually, <laughs> I actually thought about some things I say to people <laughs> that come in to see me. And, I, you know, I had to talk to myself this weekend. And, you know, it was like, Carolyn, what's on the pedestal? I felt like I just got checked by the Holy Spirit, you know, and... I was like, okay, you know, I'll look at that. <laughs> and, you know, in the loving way that the Holy Spirit is, not condemnation, but sometimes when we aren't willing to go there, what you just said, then we end up with more than just Him on the pedestal, and that's, that's not a good place. 
It's not a smart place. It, it's not. It has to be but dealt with. It, it, it doesn't take much, as your point is, to be humbled when we begin to realize, and the Holy Spirit will convict us of that. Right, but right. that judgment. I don't think that's, again, about condemnation, and that's my whole messaging, no, starting no. with, I think, Matthew, again, 13. Like realizing our position. Like, wh- where where are we? God, Adam and Eve, where are you? Well, and that's what Jesus like is doing is in Matthew 13. He's setting it up in 12. But in 13, he talks about judgment. But judgment isn't condemnation for the Pharisees and Pharisees. It is because they're hardened of heart. But for us, it's just how do you make a good decision? Mm-hmm. Well, you go back to the basics. Right. You apply it. It's it's a, a progressive sort of model. It's like math. If you don't get the basics, you can't do the more mm-hmm. advanced. Let me finish this passage. 35. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. And, and again, it could be a judgment like in the fruit. And that's what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. But it's not like evil, like I'm, I hate you, Carolyn, and I'm going to be mean to you in such an overt way. Maybe I'm a bit sneaky in that. But maybe it's just the obviousness, again, of a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Upon a bad decision, upon a bad decision, until the devil convinces you, you are a failure. Mm-hmm. You must not have, again, enough of what it takes, intellect or wisdom or Holy Spirit discernment. God really must not care about you. It must have all been a bunch of words. It really doesn't mean it. I mean, people go there, though, and then oh, they base yeah. their whole paradigm of life upon that. But that's the lost. Mm-hmm. They've lost not only this that we're speaking of, that Jesus has come to restore mm-hmm. relationship with God, but they're lost. Yeah. They're blind. They're dumb. <laughs> I just know people that need to hear that. You know, somebody just told me yesterday they felt dumb. They felt like they always made bad choices. And, you know, and that's, <laughs> I get it, but that's not the truth. But that's to them their truth. And that's what they see. So, therefore, it becomes their reality when it's not. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words shalt thou be condemned. And that's what we were saying a moment ago. But just to try to make sure that it's clear. The judgment can be as simple as just a decision. But if I go around saying things that aren't true, or if I go off half-cocked, as they used to say, or I just let anything fall out of my mouth, or worse, if it's flavored with all this reactive stuff, all of a sudden, well, it come out of me. Uh, Maybe, I guess I believe that. And especially if there's not somebody there, as I said earlier, rebuke or rebuttal. Mm -hmm. Jesus was pretty, I think, kind. I mean, this is a pretty intellectual argument. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual argument, Mm -hmm. too. It's got both dimensions. Mm -hmm. It's Holy Spirit-inspired. Jesus is Holy Spirit, right, right? in manifest, physical manifest form. Mm -hmm. God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. The idea, though, is, is that if you say those things... Enough. You surround your people with believe those things. You'll start to take those as truth. Mm-hmm. And the judgment, the choice, which is really what judgment is. Judgment is making a choice. Am I making that clear? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's made, then you've already corrupted it. You're not objective. Mm-hmm. You're <clears throat> subjective. You're operating out of defense mode. Mm-hmm. 
You don't have an answer, so you're making one up as you go along. Right. You're not even paying attention to empiricism in its highest order of hypothetical, deductive reasoning, science, research methodology. And that applies to anything that's worth anything in terms of finding the truth and reality. They do it in law. They do it in medicine, which is science. Law is sort of a science. I don't know that we typically put it in that category. But if you go around making up truths or if you let your your personal persuasions mm -hmm. as to what you want it to be, mm -hmm. flavor it. Don't be surprised if everything that you've said turns out to be a rejection of your hypotheses. Mm -hmm. Now again, science is the null hypothesis. So all you can say is it's, it's not necessarily that, right? Because it's at least we've got enough of a, of a evidence to right. suggest. Mm -hmm. But we can't say it's absolutely what we think it is until it's proven. Right. Does that, that make sense it. as mm -hmm. I'm saying that? Mm -hmm. But that's not what they're doing. They're taking all the word. Mm -hmm. They've tried to figure out some way to rationalize why all the bad things have happened to them and why they're in the position they're in. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to receive that they may have corrupted the experiment or the research along the way by being too subjective. It's invalid. Mm -hmm. It's not reliable. Or if it is reliable, it's because they're spending all their energy to control it to make it so. They've made their life, their world, hell. Mm -hmm. By their own choice. By their own choice. Out of their own corruption. Mm -hmm. But don't expect me to believe it. And don't expect me to abide in it. Right. And don't be upset. Well, they're going to anyhow. There's no way right. around it. Get mad at me. But you can curse David just like you can curse Jesus. And still be forgiven of, of you. <laughs> I'd say that because I want to say the Jesus thing first because otherwise I'm on that, put myself on that pedestal. I don't want to yeah. sound like that. But you can curse me and what I've said. But I know in the end, if it was of the Holy Spirit, you can't curse the Holy Spirit. Or if you do, you blaspheme the Holy Ghost and right. you're not going to get anything mm. but what otherwise you've chosen. Yeah. And that's it. You're choosing to live a lie. You're choosing not to even basis on the best of human operations, smart. Mm -hmm. More so, you're not bathing in the word. You're not allowing the anointing. Or if you are, you're not allowing the anointing that goes with the word because you've created such a gulf or such a divide. Your heart's become so hardened, you can't hear it. And you won't change your mind because you're oppositional defiant, you're rebellious. <laughs> And that's the thing is a lot of times I don't think that people realize that, the choice. They, I mean, maybe somewhere subconsciously, but I think they're acting and reacting and they're not thinking about choices. They're not thinking like, what is the best choice here? <laughs> they're just reacting and then they've made their choice. So. For by thy words thou shalt be justified and by thy words shalt mm -hmm. thou be condemned. Mm. So, Carolyn, may I ask you this question? In your smart and then in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. or at least the intelligence, wisdom, word, living word, spiritual discernment, do you think you cast out devils? In a... Okay, I'll put it this way. In a spiritual sense... I don't believe I've done that in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense, 
I would say that that I allow the Holy Spirit to do that type of work through me. I am not going to disagree with you. Does that make sense? I it mean, does. You know, at least this is how it makes sense to me, and you can tell yeah. me then if I got in it right. In a spiritual sense, I feel like that Christ uses me to to um, perhaps help people get to that point where they can discern that they have, you know, that the the you know, their choices and, you know, what's coming out, what's, you know, acquitted or condemned, but it would be more like in a spiritual type sense is what I'm referring to. I can help people who do not know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And of course, the hard part about that is that I am a Christian, so that's why I can't really disagree with anything you're saying and I can also say well anything that I am it's because of God well that yeah I mean I don't but, do I do any of that no he <laughs> he does all of that but I know a lot me. I know a lot of atheists and heathens that speak wisdom mm-hmm. now maybe they stole it from somebody else yeah maybe that's your point too but my point would be I think you can use a bit of common sense mm-hmm. And still not know Jesus? I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you can't separate that from the Holy Spirit. But there's a lesser order of things. You can go to a non-Christian and get counsel and advice. Yeah. And some of it will work. A lot of it basically, and I think a lot of heathen in the world today, mm-hmm. are kind of in that place where, oh, it will never go back to anything like starvation or famine. It'll, it'll never go back to we have to worry about survival. It'll never go back to our society. We'll never, ever, ever be like Ukraine where they come in and they blow everything up and they kill everybody except the ones that are otherwise intentioned to be saved for whatever reasons. And then they just sort of dismiss that. Mm-hmm. We're okay. Right. We're, we're, we're doing all right. The Chaldeans aren't going to come. The Assyrians aren't going to come. We're okay. If they come, we can defend. No. Yeah. Because they fall into the trap. They believe the lie. Of believing their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Not God's stuff. Their own stuff. Right. And with that then, I think people come see me and you. Mm-hmm. And with that, there's a lot to be said for us maintaining society and kind of preserving that even without divine spirit, Holy Spirit, as the basis of it operationally in these people's lives that Mm -hmm. make up the society. But I do agree with you. I think eventually, in the end, absent the Holy Spirit, it's all going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. But you can get some traction for a while, and people will go see people who are atheist agnostic Mm -hmm. and receive guidance and help and direction, and some of it will work. But if you really want the stuff that is not only some of it will work in a material sort of dimension for your head, intellect, but you want it in a spiritual dimension for your not only life in a material regard, but eternal life, you better go see somebody. I'm not even saying you have to see us. I want to make sure our podcast listeners know this is not a setup to say, well, come see us. Just make sure whoever you're listening to speaks the word. And that's what that's where I was going. I just want to say real quick, those verses um, like 26 through 28, we're not pointing them, we're pointing them towards Christ. 
So if we're pointing towards Christ, then we're not pointing towards the devil. <laughs> and so there's only two ways to go about it. And so, you know, it's the house um, divided. I was reading through that and I was like, that's, that's really what it is. We're not going to point, we're not going to cause division. We're going to point you towards wholeness. But if it's division, it's not because of us. Because we're going to point you towards right. Christ. Which is the salvation full. Mm-hmm. But even Solomon was salvation for his people. Your salvation for your kids. They don't know. It. But your sanctification for them because you're mature. You have a word. You have knowledge. You have intellect. You have experience. You have the Holy Spirit. But they're quite not quite there yet in their immaturity. And so God allows you, even as he put Solomon in a position to make all those great decisions and judgments for the people, choices for the people. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> and in some ways, turn over a reprobate mind as in blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Once you've had the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that's evil because it's all this adulterous generation stuff. Mm-hmm. But for a child who really isn't quite there and know how to operate in those terms, mm-hmm then a reprobate mind tells you then what to do so they don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not going to come up to you and thank you. Right. <laughs> thank you for calling me out. Thank yeah. you for telling me. We want that, right? Yeah. But don't you doubt for a minute, though, mm-hmm. that in the position you're in, not on a pedestal, but because you are both mature in smart terms, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also Holy Spirit terms. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to start with verse 42, Matthew 12. Uh, again, begin again. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. That's all we're saying. Jesus was the entire package. Mm-hmm. Not only smart in human dimension, but divinely he was Holy Spirit embodiment. Mm-hmm. He was the Messiah. He was the Christ. Is. Was for them, historically, is still. 43. So, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out, and when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. So when I ask you, do you cast out unclean spirits? I think you do in this way. You prepare, or at least you're part of that, in this way. You prepare the person as with John the Baptist. And you can use the word, and the word being anointed, and in the anointing, you can be the representation of Jesus. But you're right, the Holy Spirit does all of that work for us. But when I read read that passage, or as I read that passage about the unclean spirit, what do you think that's referring to? (laughs) Well, as you just read the last part of that, um, and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. And so I immediately kind of went to the knowledge of what they knew 
And they, a person may know Christ. They may even know salvation. They may, they're at some point to where they were filled. And then when it says when it, um, when it comes out of the person leaves, I just feel like that, you know, when they go back to what they knew, um, I'm not saying that correctly. Um, it seems like they would have been better from the beginning. What is that verse? It would have been better if they had not had known to have known and then to... Fall into apostasy. Yeah, and it just makes me think of that because, you, you were, know, it is worse. Um, you were just right. that verse. So here we go. I'm going to ask you if you will consider this. This mm-hmm. is a great indulgence because mm-hmm. I've always heard that preached about the he in this is the unclean spirit going out and seven more and coming back into the person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you'll allow me to read this and presume that the he is the person that's been cleansed, Mm -hmm. has been forgiven, has been redeemed, has received another opportunity to bury all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. for the paradigm to be dismantled. Or if they're not a complete dismantling, at least the corrections to be made. Who's received enough of that. Again, we're going to go 13. Won't be today's podcast. Maybe next podcast. Stony ground. Mm -hmm. There's a word that's been distributed here. So here we go. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, mm-hmm. presume that that may be the man when it says, He mm-hmm. walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. He doesn't take advantage of the Sabbath. He doesn't understand he needs to be anointed, constantly receive the word. He doesn't center his life upon conversation with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He just goes out. And what he's going to discover is there's none of that out in the world. Right. He's going to want rest, but he's not going to find it there. Not in the world, no. Right. So you think, well, okay, well, he received it apparently from Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? Or at least whatever that encounter was that allowed him Mm -hmm. to say, oh, thank you. That was an answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was anointed. They might even say, oh, it's anointed answer. Mm -hmm. But they're missing the point. The answer doesn't come from me anymore than it comes from a person, Jesus, right. as a person. It comes from Jesus as in the Holy Spirit who must then dwell within you and you must have a change of heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're going to go out into dry places and you're not going to receive. Because right. it's not out there. Right. So here we go. Then he, let's say the man, saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he comes back... Of course, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. It's kind of cleansed. It's kind of, well, you know, I haven't really screwed up or it hasn't really created the problem. Maybe maybe it just took that one little correction. I'll just go back to the way I was. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the paradigm, yeah, you convinced me that maybe I had, but it really isn't. There's not really not a Christ thing in me. I don't need that. There's not really a need for the Holy Spirit. I don't need to read the Word every day. I, I'm blessed. I can just operate in the Holy Spirit because I don't have to maintain any of that understanding. Understanding New Testament context. Right. Any of that understanding, oh, I don't have to do that. I'm not under the law. No, you're under the law because your flesh is filthy. Mm-hmm. And you need to be cleansed. You don't get saved by that. You get saved because in the cleansing and the garnishing and the sweeping out and the repentance, you make place for, hopefully, the Holy Spirit. But if you haven't, <laughs> then goeth he... 
and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. So you might say, well, Dave, that still sounds like it's the devil doing this to you. I don't know if it's entirely. I believe the devil does this to you. But I think that he then, then goeth he the man. And because he's not learned this, because he's not done this, because he's not allowed Jesus into his heart, he's, he's received the benefit of sanctification by all the believers in the world, but he or she has not taken on the responsibility to do anything themselves. They keep waiting for then somebody, eventually it will happen, to come along and save them again. Mm-hmm. No, you allow Jesus to save you. Mm-hmm. I can't save you. Right. I can cast out in some ways the unclean spirit, John. The Baptist did that, right. but it won't. The Old Testament does right. that. That's right. what I was trying to say yeah. earlier. Yeah. But I can't, and you're right, Only, but it's a two-parter. Mm-hmm. It's a two-parter. We make place for not the devil any longer. Our lying, cheating, and stealing made place for the devil. All those things we spoke of in the earlier part of the podcast. But now we make place for Jesus. But if we don't allow Jesus into our heart, then if you go back out in the world, don't be surprised that you just don't go out and not only pick up what you had, you'll return as a dog returns to his vomit, pig to the mire, you'll go back to that. And don't also be surprised mm-hmm. that when you do that, it's not only what you had, it'll be seven times worse. Mm-hmm. When you do it, because you've already shown a lack of responsibility or commitment, mm-hmm. faith believing the part you have to do mm-hmm. so that the devil doesn't have access to you. You've already shown you have no regard for the, what was, goes into that, the price that was paid for that. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to pay the price. Jesus paid the price once and for all for all of us. But along the way, if you keep doing that, all the believers are going to have to pay the price for your sickness. We're going to live in a lesser kingdom. We're going to have to wait till Jesus comes again because there's all kinds of sick people out there mm-hmm. who are lost, who are obstinate, defiant, rebellious. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They're hardened of heart. They want to crucify us because they don't care. It's all about them. But we have to pay in that way the price. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Then goeth he and taketh with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. Hmm. That's what I felt pained me was that that last part. The final condition of that person is worse than the first. It's so sad in a way. That's why my heart goes out to people, you know, because it doesn't have to be that way. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. I do think, though, that in that counseling aspect, <coughs> we me. afford or offer people, we throw them, a, a, what is it, life support, the um, whatever off the boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The, um, I can't think of it. Isn't it terrible? Would you want to think of the word? <laughs> but we, a life raft, we'll say it that way. It'll come to us here in a moment. We give them something to grab a hold of to, to maintain. Life preserver? Yeah, that's it. I don't know. What Their buoyancy, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But they can use us just like they use Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I don't mind being used that way. 
But I'm not inclined to think of it in terms of then what I get out of it because I don't know that I get anything out of it unless I am able to help them to understand, I'm Elihu, help them understand what they need to do to be prepared to have audience with God so that they might receive then the Word of God as with Jesus Christ, living Word, Holy Spirit, who then gives them the ability to make that ultimate decision themselves. Don't come to me to tell you how to get out of trouble. I'll do that, but I'll look at you and say, but if you want to stay out of trouble, then this is what you have to do. You not only have to be intellectually smart, you not only have to follow the rules, but you have to fully operationalize. And that's even in bodily terms. Mm -hmm. But to do that, you have to also realize, and we'll come to quickly realization, that's still not going to save you. You need Jesus and the Holy Spirit in your heart so that that might then restore you. But you can live in that emotional thinking all you want. You can put up walls. You can create gulfs. You can create great divides. You can hunker down on your point. You can refuse to give up control. You can fight with everybody. But that's not going to save you. What's going to save you is unless you get, until you get Jesus Christ in your heart, you're not going to understand how God has something better than even before, but you have to forgive and be forgiven, be released, not engage that bitterness or allow that bitterness to be engaged in you and give place to the devil. Mm -hmm. Lest even if somebody comes along and saves you in a moment, it's not salvation eternal. I have to share this illustration because <laughs> it came to me when you start talking about the, the life preserver. Isn't it true, I've not been in this situation, but isn't it true that if you are drowning and the person comes out to save you, and maybe they have the life <laughs> preserver, but isn't it true that you have to stop fighting the person lest both of you will drown? Isn't that what they tell you? Like yes. if somebody comes to rescue you, you have to sort of relinquish control but you have to um, stop fighting them you have to sort of rest so that you can be rescued because if you continue to fight that person then the way I understand it you'll both drown you'll cause them to drown too so when you resist God when he's helping you or or anybody else for that matter then it's really not going to help you at all it's only when you stop fighting is when you truly can be rescued and to know that God doesn't intend any of us to drown. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's what the Sabbath is about. It may seem counterintuitive in that against that emotive kind of thinking, emotional thinking. Now, I can't rest. I mean, I've I'm, I'm, got to stay on point. I mean, this thing's going to kill me or these things are going to kill me or I'm, I'm drowning. God says, no, keep your eyes fixed upon me, fixed upon me, as Jesus would have said to Peter walking out on the water, mm -hmm. and you're going to make it. Mm -hmm. You're going to make it. But if we fight against, push against the goats, we fight against that, if we're flailing, mm -hmm. if we're insistent that, Literally. no, we're right, we're going to drown, mm -hmm. it makes it really hard even when God sends somebody to help you. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be eternally saved... You can use the Old Testament and it'll do a great job of sanctifying you in a physical. That's also what I was trying to get at earlier. That we can cast out a lot of bad spirits just out of the Old Testament. Which was anointed. Which was the Word of God. And for some people, like again, get back to that analogy of kids. Some of them, even though they're not kids anymore, children, they've never grown up. 
But at the same time, I don't want to be that person that tells them what to do. Mm-hmm. I want Jesus to tell them what to do. Right. And so, again, getting back to what you said, I want them to discover the Holy Spirit. I want them to know that the only way they're going to get there is through Jesus Christ. I, I mm-hmm. want them to look at Jesus. And as we speak of Jesus and as Jesus teaches us now today, that as, as he did then through the word that we have, that we can read that we can share with the podcast mm-hmm. listeners mm-hmm. And, right. and we can be in every day, mm-hmm. then we have not only that for our human dimension, but because we recognize Jesus really is the Savior. Jesus really did come and die for us. Mm-hmm. Jesus really did overcome the grave. Jesus really did love us enough. God loved us enough mm-hmm. that He's given us an answer it's not what we were. It's not even in some ways who we are. It's what he's calling us to be in the future. Mm-hmm. That's creativity. Mm-hmm. We rest in him because we can't see it, but we've got to let go. Mm-hmm. Stop flailing. Stop pushing against the ghost. Stop fighting so that he can save us. But it's the same kind of thing. Lesser dimension. Maybe the same, just in a different level more basic, more simple, as you started the podcast with that notion. We do that in counseling. I may not be talking to everybody about their salvation because some people don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And I speak to some people that aren't saved, not just the saved, but that aren't. But I can talk to them about decisions. Don't be emotionally reactive. Mm -hmm. Learn to turn that off and Mm -hmm. how to find courage. Mm -hmm. And my words can be, I'm hopeful, inspiring. Encouraging if they're again anointed or as of the Holy Spirit. Sure. And that's, go ahead. I was just going to say, and it's good to casting out devils, Mm -hmm. but they've got to continue to fill that or they're going to accumulate seven times more. It's just progressive. It'll just keep getting, it's disease. It'll Mm -hmm. just keep getting worse, Mm -hmm. the disease model, and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we try to communicate. And, an awareness, and I talk about that a lot with people that come in because a lot of times I had a gentleman that said, I just didn't know what I didn't know, and I was like, exactly. <laughs> and there's no shame or condemnation about that. It's, we're learning, and then when we learn, I'm not a fan of Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> but she said, when you know to do better, then you can do better. Uh, it sounds really basic, simplistic. But the thing of it is, is when we when we figure out our concept of like who is the God that we believe in, and then compare that to the God of Scripture, and does that line up? You know, are we seeing Him, um, you know, sitting on the shore laughing at us because we're drowning? Or well, if you hadn't went out there, then when I told you not to, then you wouldn't be drowning like that. You know, there's people that have these messed up concepts and and I get it and so when they come in and see us then we talk about that and you know okay so this is where we're starting from this is where you're at this is how long you've been trying to you know not drown (laughs) for 13 years or whatever it is okay then let's move forward from here and let's see where God you know because he's already got a plan he sees the end from the beginning so you said that a second ago he doesn't see us just in our past or even where we are now but he sees the completed project. That's the beautiful part. And because there is a completed project. It's not just where we are right now. This isn't the end of the story. 
And, and now you know. And not only now you know, as with, again, Matthew 12, mm -hmm. the beginning verses mm -hmm. uh, about the wheat field and Sabbath day and then the mm -hmm. healing in the, in the, in the mm -hmm. synagogue. It's for both. God brings us the provision materially as much as he also brings us the spiritual healing. Mm -hmm. And even though the man was healed in material sort of terms, physical terms, it was all about the spiritual healing. But the messaging is, what better day to do it than on the Sabbath? And then the messaging might also be, why would you even set aside or think to have to set aside a day? Be with me seven days a week. Mm -hmm. Be with me every day of the week. You don't have to just say, well, I'm going to work, 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 work. I'm going to get on so that on Sunday I can finally go to church and then be clean. Yeah, you'll be cleansed. There's nothing wrong with that. But do it every day. Do it several times a day. Yeah. You can't carry around that heavy backpack. I use that a lot too. If it feels heavy, you know, then it's probably not from him because his burden is easy and his yoke is, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. light. I always get those mixed up. Why do I do that? Um, and so when you said that about Monday through Saturday and we can barely walk because we're carrying all this and then, oh, okay, well, I can't wait till Sunday so I can drop it and let him take care of it. That's not how it was supposed to be. Well, you're putting a lot of extra work on yourself, burden right. on yourself. That's a, a very difficult right. cross to bear, period. And then you're just doing that without Jesus there in that way that would give you, hopefully, a bit of a respite. People do that every day. Along day, the way. Every day. I but mean, then it gets us back to the Sadducees and Pharisees. If you want to receive the word, the anointed word, not just some secular sort of orientation to it, even if it's a religious concept, mm -hmm. it's still got humanistic interpretation and intention. Don't expect them to give you the answer and especially don't expect them to point you to Jesus and don't expect them to remind you that it's not them, but it's Christ in them. And more so, it's not you, it's Christ in you. Right, right. That is the hope of glory. But when you can see it in that big picture sort of a way, then all of these cares and struggles, they're still going to be there. Mm -hmm. But it won't take the burden. It won't burden you so much. It won't be so burdensome mm -hmm. to you as you go through them. And hopefully you'll receive good encouragement, not only what to do, but how to, in that, go to the source, yeah. which is God, right. which is Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit, right. who not only will tell you what to do, lead you on in all knowledge and understanding, as the Sermon on the Mount would have captured it, mm -hmm. but will comfort you along the way, yeah. the paraclete. Yeah. So now they know, Carolyn, and should they care to know any more, how do they get a hold of us? I, I want to say one thing before we say that. I love, I think I said it before, Psalm 4610, everybody's familiar with be still and know that I am God. I was looking up different translations one time, and I love the one that says cease, and it thinks about this drowning person. Cease striving and know that I am God. I just love that. So, if you'd like to know more about how to cease striving... <laughs> and would be interested in finding out how to get this rest that doesn't have to be on the Sabbath day, but can be any day, yours for the taking, give us a call, 304-528-9220. Or you can go online, covenantsonline.com, get some more information. Or if you have a question or you're just not sure about something, why don't you email us at covenants.llc1 
at yahoo.com. And of course, follow us on Facebook. We'll post a link to this and every other podcast that we have on our Facebook page. And. But wait, there's more. They could always, I had to say it, sorry. That's all right. They could always, it's good. They could always join us again on our yes. next Thank podcast. You. Thank you for reminding me that I forgot that. It goes without saying, but I like to say I it. Know. You like to point out when I forget that. I know. My kids think I have Alzheimer's because they, they say I forget everything. So I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. <laughs> but you won't forget this. What is our blessing that we want to leave all of our podcast listeners with at the end of every podcast? We want you to be blessed. And know that Jesus is there. God is there on your behalf. Until the next podcast.